Good evening, time being seven o'clock, I call the October 11th, 2023 meeting of the Franklin Town Council to order. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Announcements from the Chair, all citizens are now welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 9 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone where you may click the Zoom link that is on the posted agenda and on the town's website. The number is 929-205-6099 and the meeting ID is 829-1359-8701. Once again, the ID, and then you need to hit the pound sign. The Zoom ID again is 829-1359-8701 pound. Uh, tonight, Councillor DeLorco uh, is unable to attend. Councillor Frangillo uh, is coming in via Zoom. Councillor DeLorco may be coming in via Zoom. Yeah. He just got in. Yeah. Did he just come yep. in? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Citizens' comments. Citizens are welcome to express their views for up to three minutes on a matter that is not on the agenda. The council will not engage in a dialogue or comment on a matter raised during citizens' comments. I think I got this this time. The town council will give remarks, appropriate consideration, and may ask the town administrator to review the matter. Is there anyone in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Max, name and address, please. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I live at 127 Central Park Terrace, Franklin, Massachusetts. Um, as we all know, education uh, is a very big, you know, critical. We want, we want our students to succeed. Um, one of the biggest factors in our education system, if you look at districts that are, have uh, students that are more uh, students that are more economically disadvantaged, they have dramatically lower test scores. And there's a big gap if you look at just economically disadvantaged students and not even academically disadvantaged students. Uh, so if you want to bring test scores up, you might want to sort of help out them economically. We see um, with crime, crime tends to impact people who are lower, be uh, perpetrated by people who are lower income because of sort of their, the circumstances in their lives. If you sort of increase the amount of income they have, you might alleviate uh, crime. You might see crime rates decrease. My point with this is, coming up, we have a tax right here. If we want to give a tax cut to people who are lower income, we have the opportunity to. So I think, you know, we've had an opportunity. I brought this up two years ago. 
we've had an opportunity to look at it. I think um, I would urge the council to work with the Board of Assessors to see if they could come up with some different options where um, to put forward different options to the council instead of just having a single vote on a single option where we're not cutting people's taxes. I don't think we should do that. I think we should put forward an option where uh, people who are low income have an option to get a tax cut um, through a residential a property tax exemption. So I would urge you to at least have the option to debate, have the debate, have the discussion. And if, you know, if it goes further out, that's fine, but I think just have the discussion because if we want better educational outcomes, we want better public safety outcomes, we want better quality of life income uh, outcomes, I think we need to look at um, you know, helping people who need it and have, having a more um, equitable tax system. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Is there anyone else in the audience? Brutus, you're not going to beat me. He already knew that, too. I know, that's why he got up. Yes, I'm back, and I'll be back again next week. Nancy Danello, town clerk, and I am here to update the council and the residents on the two upcoming elections. So first, there is a tri-county election on October 24th from noon until 8 p.m. And that will be at the Franklin High School gym, not at the tri-county high school. Um, all elections are held at the Franklin High School. Um, ballots for this election have been mailed out to those who have requested them. Um, and this coming Saturday, October 14th, from 9 to 5 is the last day to register to vote for the tri-county election. Um, last day to request an absentee ballot is 10-19, and the last day to vote absentee is 10-24, up until noontime um, in the clerk's office. You cannot drop off your ballot to the high school. Please don't bring it to the high school. Um, I can't accept it there. You have to bring it to the town clerk's office so it can be processed through the, and then um, it'll be transported to the high school and processed through the tabulator. I know I sound like a broken record, but I wanna make sure that, thanks, Chair Mercer. I wanna make sure that everyone understands that this is not a precinct specific election. You do not have to vote in your precinct. Um, and for those of you who have requested ballots for all elections this year, you're receiving two ballots in the mail. We didn't make a mistake. There are two elections. You're getting one for a tri-county, which has a big green stamp on every single envelope, clearly marked tri-county election. And then we have a town election, clearly marked on the three envelopes, town election. <coughs> Please be sure to put the correct ballot in the correct envelope. It's like traffic up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this brings me to the specifics for the town election. And again, I'll be here again next week and then the next meeting as well, because I know this is a lot of information. Um, so the town election, the local biennial election, will be held November <coughs> 7th at the Franklin High School. And again, all elections are at the Franklin High School, okay? Um, and that will be between 6 a.m. and 8 p.m. And the wardens, along with my staff and myself, will be testing the tabulators on Wednesday, October 18th. 
um, and that'll be done here in the council chambers beginning at 10 a.m. and the public is more than welcome to come and join us. Um, early in-person voting has begun in my office during regular business hours and I've also added Saturday October 28th from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. again in my office here um, in the municipal building for early voting for the local election. Um, and this day will also be the last day to register to vote for the local election. If any candidates plan on coming to the um, municipal building to um, campaign, make sure you adhere to the 150-foot rule. Lastly, and I know you all will. Lastly, I will be reaching out to the Democratic and the Republican town committees for election workers. Yes, Janie, I need more. I'm pretty much all set for this year. <laughs> I know. I have a long list. Um, I'm pretty much all set for this year, um, but I'm going to need at least 30 additional people for next year's elections. Yes. 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 30. Um, in addition to what I have. Um, so if anybody's interested, please reach out to me. I thank you all, and I'll see you next week. We will look forward to it. <laughs> Go ahead, Brutus. Is there anyone else in council chambers other than Brutus? <laughs> <laughs> Brutus, please. Mr. Chairman, I'm Bruce Nairdy, Public Works Director. So, if I have a brown envelope, I just want the folks to re remind everybody that we're doing our public works open house this Saturday. It's from 10 to 2. It was hugely successful last year. The weather was perfect. The weather's not going to be absolutely perfect this week, but the, we did push the rain off. So, um, but we're still going to have it. Um, I mean, it's going to be good weather. So we have to move some of the stuff inside. Um, the food trucks are awesome. We're going to have everything for all age groups. Uh, I mean, the young kids like to get the sand. Uh, Mr. Mercer, you really like getting the, the, the plow truck last year, Absolutely. pulling the horn. We appreciate that. <laughs> so um, there, there's a lot going on. And we're also going to announce the winners of the hydrant painting contest. The people on social media, it's been, it's, that's really taken off. Um, I think we almost got close to 40 of them this year. And they get more and more creative. Once again, we got some real little folks doing them. We got some older folks doing them. There's a lot of talent out there. Paint fighters. <laughs> it helps us out too, so I see some efficiency. So um <laughs> hope to see you all down there. Uh ten to two, swing on by. All right, thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Is there anyone else in council chambers, please? Name and address. Steve Sherlock, Ken Lyards Drive. Uh, community information director Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio. Just a quick reminder that after the election details <clears throat> The key piece as well the Franklin Studio has been working on is information about the candidates for the November 7th election as well as for the October 24th. So uh, there was an information night at the library. That video is available. The audio is available. So all Tri-County info is available at franklin.news. For November 7th, there are, at this point, I think, I believe it's nine candidate interviews that we've conducted. Five have been posted video. They're going through video and then audio and then transcription, so you'll be able to get in the, your, a different format the same information across that. We've got another six at least scheduled and additional to be scheduled. Um, quick reminder for any of the candidates, if they haven't yet filled out, there are some additional dates. There's also an option on the form that if you can't do one of those, 
<coughs> make an arrangement so that we can find a date. We're not doing the candidate forum this night, this time around, respectfully because there's not that much of a competition and because we'd rather prioritize your 30 minutes with us on the video as opposed to five to seven minutes in a forum that's kind of staged. I think the voters will get much more information from each of your individual 30-minute sessions with us. So Franklin.News will have the video, the audio, and the transcript, and everybody should get some info so that you'll be able to create a good ballot, good election on the 24th for Tri-County and November 7th for all the town positions. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Is there anyone else in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Is there anyone out there in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? I don't see you in. Okay, moving on. The next item on the agenda is approval of minutes. I'd entertain a motion to approve the minutes from September 6th, 2023. So moved. Second. Motion is second. <coughs> Discussion, additions, deletions. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor? I'm sorry, roll call vote. The clerk will call the roll. Cormier Ledger? Yes. Sheridan? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Angelo? Yes. Allegri? Yes. Hamlet? Yes. Jones? Yes. Vice Chair? Yes. Oh. Vice Chair? Yes. Yes. Thanks, Chair. Bobby. Chair? Yes. 9-0. 9-0. Okay. okay, moving on. Uh, we don't have any proclamations and recognitions, no appointments, no public hearings, no license transactions. We do have a presentation discussion. Uh, discussion of the bylaw to amend the code of the town of Franklin by inserting chapter 147 snow and ice removal and I would declare that public uh, no it's a discussion just a discussion so Jamie you want to leave it thank you Sharon so uh, really quickly um, just to give everybody a little background for people that may be at home or this might have been a new issue I know there was some chit chat around town which is great I just want to make sure the council is aware of a few things. One, um, there is no decision that is mandatory that people have to do tonight or on this issue. Um, I just want to make sure people are aware of that, okay? Um, this was a town council goal for the session, so you know we laid it out at the last meeting that the EDC has met um, and discussed this probably twice, twice, but also a couple times the previous session as well. So the EDC has kind of gone through this uh, maybe three, four, five meetings over the last three or four years. Um, and I think the reason why we're here, this is not some administrative born project. This isn't something the council or anybody else did. This is all of us hearing from a lot of people in the community that are concerned about snow removal, particularly around downtown area and the walkability of those areas, sometimes after a very, very large snowstorm. Unfortunately, we didn't have that last year. Um, 
We'll see what this winter brings. Brutus is not to tell us what the Farmer's Almanac said. <laughs> We're not there yet, Brutus. We're open. We don't need any uh, dystopian predictions. Uh, but uh, tonight, as you, as you alluded to, Mr. Chairman, and, and we've talked off when presenting this agenda, there's legislation here because the staff had been working over time to figure out what the appropriate bylaw is given the current state of, of state law and also developed a map that has been talked about and I'm sure the EDC members will all discuss it as well over discussion points over several years. Um, I know that there's some passionate views on this one way for it and against it um, but uh, tonight is at least a minimum of discussion and I just want to make sure that council and everybody understands a decision doesn't have to happen tonight. If people are comfortable with the bylaw um, and the map, you can move it on. So we gave council flexibility to do whatever it is the discussion brings. So uh, that's it for an over set, uh, overview, and I don't know if the, if the EDC has any other comments as well. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Brutus. Mr. Chairman, um, the only thing I'd like to add uh, to, to Jamie's comments We've been looking at this for a long time, a lot more than like over a decade, you know, with, with sidewalks, and, and that's clear. I, I'm by, I want to introduce Carlos Rebello. I think you know him. Uh, highway routes have been here a long time. Also, Tony Bernardi, he's the new uh, assistant highway routes superintendent. These, these are the guys that like are really out there all the time, you know, dealing with the residents and the workers and our contractors to try to get this done. Um, sidewalks are, you know, are always a priority in town, but they are the third priority. And what, you know, this all goes back to what different ways that we try to be more efficient to do things. And this is just a thought that was presented before um, about how we how we can get the job done faster and quicker. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. Um, the council through the years is, um, has made significant investments in uh, sidewalk uh, removal machines. You know, the last one we bought even used was $180,000. It's an expensive piece of equipment, but then you still have to get the bodies in there. And the thing I just want to explain is, so folks at home know, you know, we don't have the additional, we're, we're not that big of a city, we have two two workforces that come in. You know, the same guys that are all plowing the streets, then they got to do the schools and the municipal buildings, and they got to go and do the sidewalks. You know, it takes time, depending on the storm, it could take two to three days to get it done where <coughs> the sidewalks are safe. Um, additionally, you know, the one that I'm actually proud of, going back to our old superintendent working with uh, Maureen, so we came up with a, a plan that we know a lot of folks have to, um, uh, you know, pay to take the bus. You know, so pretty much, you know, we, we, we came up with a plan, it's worked out really well, but, you know, depending on the storm, we'll hire extra buses, you know, and then, and then the superintendent tells, it doesn't matter what student it is, if you're inside that two mile radius, pick them up. The kids out there, pick them up. You know, the bus goes by, so it's a free service, and that's really helped. And it, it was, you know, Mo and I came up with this, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, and we shared that with a lot of the communities. They do that now, so you know, sidewalks are just constantly, constantly going. And then generally, sidewalks, you know, conductivity—it's just becoming more and more popular. I think we saw with COVID, people are walking more, and you know, it's not just the summertime; they want to be able to walk into the wintertime. So we want to get it done. And it finally comes down to business. You know, it's you know, we don't want to slow the business down in town. You know, we want to be able to, you know, you know, the storm's over, they want to be able to sell their goods or get their services out. So it's just a more efficient way to do it. So, um, I, you know, we came up with different scenarios and plans. I mean, the, the plan that's in front of you now um, is basically the, um, the corridor through town, which is 140, which has mostly, I mean, 
um, commercial retail that you know the, the the burden of removing the snow would be on them and then you know through conversations particularly the downtown area you know where a lot of commuters go you know the burden would go to some private property owners you know to you know to tie everything in together but they are the minority um, so I there was a lot of great opinions that were brought up at our, our meetings so I think maybe um, some of the, the, the council members they may want to you know add in on what their thought process is right now um, this plan is you know open to modifications we can do it. we don't have to do it either way you know I want you know public works we're gonna get to the sidewalks and one thing one conversation that that's always brought up is just because the you know particularly the downtown business area you know initially we try to get the you know the sidewalks clear so people can walk safely but we're still going to go down there and clean up the downtown like we always when you get to a lot of snow down there, you know we're going to go down there we're not abandoning it we're still going to do it we're still going to go down and do all these sidewalks we'll probably run a machine through there because there'll be some folks that can't do it for whatever reason it's going to get done but this would probably look at our total miles what we do is is going to make us about 20 percent quicker and it's hard to say for each storm because every storm is different but you know if it normally take us 10 hours we should be able to do an eight hours if the storm is going to take us 24 hours maybe get done 18 so that's where we're at so um i, I think it, and it's one thing just the history of this this used to be on the books so it's, this isn't something we're just creating it was on the books it was taken off in 18 or 19? 17 17 so it was never enforced before but it was on the books so and then it, and I'll say because sometimes it's, it's always a tough decision and I can get away with it because I'm not political. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that always did do their sidewalks, you know, without question, particularly the business downtown. And it's going to be frustrating at times that, you know, one business does it, next business does it, a third business does it. So, you know, you're kind of messing with all your neighbors there in the whole thing because you can't do your business. Or the person that walks 90% of the road downtown that can't has to go through the slush or the ice, whatever it is. So it is... Um, you know, it, it can be a peer pressure thing, I guess. And I also now say it too, it's, it's kind of like to me, and I know it doesn't work for everybody, but you know, there's also like a sense of community because it, ultimately, what are we trying to do? We're trying to help people out that want to get around and maybe some of those folks are older that, um, or, or, or can't. So I, I think it's nice, not that I'm telling people to go out that help their neighbor, but you know, I'm telling you, it would be nice. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, I can't. But um, that's, that, I think that's an important thing. I think we see less of that the last couple of years. You know, to go, never mind get your face away from the phone. It's like actually go meet your neighbor. It's a great way to meet your neighbor. I tell you what, if someone came and did my drive, I'd be out there thanking them. <laughs> you get to meet them. So um, that, that's kind of a good thing about it. And I think, you know, like I said, if folks really can't do it, I'm sure we come up with some idea that, that we don't. You know, we have different things for our utilities that we help folks out that, you know, can't afford it or, you know, try to give a discount. So. I mean, that's where we're looking at it, and it's, like I said, it's not a, it's not a, I don't, please don't think it's a DPW thing, this is, this is, this is, came from a lot of different folks in town, the businesses, the residents, and the public works, just trying to work together with a plan, so that's kind of what I have. Thank you, Bruce. Okay, next I'll go to EDC, Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <coughs> uh, well, I guess I, we got a good, uh, sort of like, preview of what this is about, but you know, like we removed this bylaw in 2017. I think a lot of people assume that it was still on the books. Um, we've heard, we've brought it up multiple times through the last two terms to discuss this. 
I think last year, even though there wasn't a big snowstorm, we still heard from people when there was one to three inches of snow on the sidewalk where the DPW wouldn't be plowed then anyways. Um, that's correct, right, Brutus? We typically um, do not go out and, um, I mean, when we say plowing, even for the roads, it's gotta be three right. inches or more. Three or more. We might cheat and go a little lower, I'm not gonna lie to you, because we try to do good customer service. We do try to get out there um, with the, with the sidewalk, uh, you know, scrapers and, and get that so they can melt, but yeah. Right. Um, and so, so that was, I think, what we heard last winter was the people that were trying to get through the sidewalks with less than three inches of snow that weren't cleaned up. Now, like, I could probably get, I might be able to get to um, the train station, but there are people that can't if there's any snow at all on the sidewalk. And um, I think it's important for us to think about the walkability of our community. And I think that's what this um, shows that we've we've started to take it seriously enough. Um, I don't think we have lately or, or in the past. Um, and then, you know, I think we could all agree that we want less traffic, right? We want um, people of all abilities to get, be able to get through their sidewalk safely. Uh, and we want people to be able to walk to the train. And, um, and especially in the downtown area. I know Brutus has a, a heat map, right? Is that the heat map of the walk? Area that people walk, it's over um, on the side that people can look at that are in the, you know, in the chambers. Maybe Bruce can look at it. Um, so we, we, we looked at this, map, this heat map and we thought, well, why don't we expand the, the areas, the sidewalks, because we have two train stations, one down um, at the end of 140. That's why it goes all the way up to uh, 140. Um, and, you know, we. Um, Thank you, Chris. I don't know if you can show He's that. I don't know, Chris, if you can get that heat map there. Um, so that's why we, we changed this a little bit. Um, there's a lot of people that um, we heard through, the, through our discussions. We heard from people who um, would like to have their sidewalks cleaned sooner and faster. Um, that can't get out on the sidewalk even if there's any bit of snow or ice. We um, heard that people like can't afford or physically or monetarily afford to clean their sidewalks themselves. And so um, that's and when Brutus mentioned something about like a, you know to be creative, we can also think of like the neighborhood brigade. Then um, Steve Sherlock mentioned that to us the last meeting uh, that they could we could find out who needs help. But if we use this, um, it is. Uh, I think it's really important also to maybe reevaluate our the DPW's priority list because we have extra sidewalks now that have been added to um, the town since um, I think your site your priorities was so your priority map was done right. Um, Mr. Chair. Yeah. So, since I've been here, we have not added a sidewalk to our sidewalk list. And we've obviously, um, the town has grown. And you, you did make one statement, and I, the, the council has been really good about sidewalks. I mean, mm -hmm. we've added a lot of sidewalks to appropriate right. them. And this is just another piece of the pie. You know, we, we got them all, you know, going out Pleasant Street. No. We don't we don't plow that. It's not it's not have that tool. It's now do we try to get out there eventually and get it? Sure. 
But am I going to sit here and say I do it all the time? And no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'll fight you to the nail on that just because it's staffing and we got to do the other ones. But we make great strides in that. So this is another piece of the pie to, to try to try to get there. But the council has been very good with sidewalks and we're still looking, you know, next one we'll is Washington Street. You know, once we get some lower interest rates maybe. <laughs> That's not, but um see what I can do. But it, you know it's, it, the planning board's great about it too. You know, they, they get some new um, stuff going in, you know, we, the Grove Street money that we're getting, you know, we are putting all sidewalks out on there, you know, to to, to bring people down. But you know, it's depending on the winter, you know, we're gonna get out there doing so I just want to add, yeah. So we haven't added officially to our my priority list to, do. to your priority yeah. list but we have added sidewalks Lots. you just haven't been added to your priority list yes right. we're required to do yes right right um and so i mean i love that that uh, pleasant street sidewalk because i used to walk from the train down to daniel street no sidewalks anywhere it was pretty scary sometimes yes yeah <laughs> but you know it's like great ones like we have like dean ab you know and, and that's you know a lot of people like that development there but you know what you made them put a sidewalk all the way down there so they can walk all the way out downtown down dean ab right i mean it's, it's stuff like that it's great yes yeah and it's important to have that flat and yeah. uh, like clean up yes um and so that's sort of where we came from you know, like we're, we hear from people uh, but I think we have some creative ideas on how to help people that can't do their sidewalks. And I, I just feel like we talk about this constantly, every term, every couple of years we talk about this. And I know that if we don't do anything, it's just gonna stay the same. Like this year, we'll probably get more snow, people will complain, um, and people will be safe. And I think that's, when I see people walking on the street trying to get downtown to the, the train station, that really scares me. Um, and when there's ice left. So I like how this, thank you, Amy. I think Amy put together this mm -hmm. bylaw for us. Um, it has, it has that we have to actually maintain the cleanness of the, you know, the, the safety of the um, sidewalk and um, also awnings and signs. You know, we don't want snow falling on people. And um, so I think it's, it's pretty, it, it brings everything together that we, we spoke about. So thank you, Amy and, and Brutus and Carlos and <coughs> Tony for being here tonight. Um, but I, I think somebody else can, you know, other people on the EBC might need a chance to talk. <laughs> so I'll give you the floor with that. <laughs> Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <clears throat> yes, this was removed from our books back in 2017. Just having it on the books for many years, uh, been under review as, as, as Mel had mentioned several times to the EDC, um, various public input on these things. Um, my general opinion as a member of the Economic Development Committee was I was not in favor of 147-1, uh, which was the time limit for removal from sidewalks and footways. Um, my issue with the problem really lies in the fact that the map encompasses quite a significant amount of area um, in which personal property owners will be, private property owners will be responsible for clearing out public ways um, at their own expense or potentially at their own harm. And I, I think that's a significant burden to put on our taxpayers as well as people who may not actually be in a physical position to do so and potentially monetarily be in a position to do so. Because one of the things that it states in here is it says um, 
shall remove eyes, etc., and so treat. And, then, and these are things that will put our taxpayers at a continued at a further burden uh, financially to try to maintain that that de-iced condition. It could mean going out and buying desalization chemicals. It could mean they're going out and buying salts or whatever it is. And and I just think it's it's a, it's for lack of a better term, it's a slippery slope for us to um, ask our those who potentially don't have the means to do so and who could be fined according to the way this reads under 147-4, a $50 fine if they don't meet the requirements of this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not one to go finding, and I know that the, the general consensus is that we're not going around slapping big tickets on people's, people's houses saying you didn't clean up the snow, you didn't clean up the ice. I know I've heard all the arguments about this, but um, in regards to 147-2, I'm 100% behind um, having requirements that property owners who have roofs, awnings, and signs, and I would, one of the comments I made at the economic development level was to add into that any means to which may actually add water from the building. For instance, downspout, downspouts um, runoff from the building that may not, may, that may have been able to be mitigated through other means to prevent that water from getting on the sidewalk and causing an isolation in the first place. I think that can be added into 147-2. Uh, other than that, I, I think the rest of the bylaw reads well. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just concerned about the liability and, and other risks that we put our citizens at in regards to asking private property owners to, to remove what for all intents and purposes, snow and ice from the public way. Uh, those are my comments before. I'm not necessarily in favor as this reads now. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Councilor Sheridan, anything to add? I, Councilor Frangillo told me he was all set for the moment. Uh, Councilor Chandler. Three, Mr. Chairman. Thanks, guys, for coming. I definitely value all your opinions. So, um, just a couple things on this. Um, obviously, Davis Day was closed, so we have less walkers. That might not have to be a priority right around that now. Um, I don't know if this can be disputed, but we have less people going to the train station now after COVID. Um, and I personally would think that if I owned a business, I would clear it just out of necessity to make money. Um, quick question for Mark. If we put a bylaw in and someone doesn't do it, they obviously can be sued, but that's not true. It's not automatic. It would be evidence of negligence. Uh, the, the standard, the current standard for snow and ice is it's a reasonable care in terms of the condition of your property. There was a time up until relatively recently where the law made a distinction between a natural and an unnatural accumulation. Mm -hmm. You had no obligation to do anything to a natural accumulation. Uh, but the current law is, uh, as I said, one of reasonable care. Evidence of violation of a bylaw is evidence of negligence. Uh, the flip side of that is, is a cap, it falls under a defective way. And the cap on that is $5,000. So that's the most somebody can recover, no matter how serious the injury might be. Hmm. Well, I did. Reasonable care can be so much. So that, that bothers me a little bit. I'm just almost going 
I know you don't agree with this statement, but if it's not broke, why do we bring it back? And I know people have worked very hard on this. And I mean, a couple inches at a time if people are complaining, or it could be a bad winter. And um, obviously, eventually, you're getting the, that $180,000 piece of machinery will eventually go down those sidewalks. Yes, sir. Okay, so and sometimes we have to wait. Um, I, I just, I'm having a little issue trying to push this on people. And I know that 20% is a great number for you guys. And it would save us a lot of money. But I'm even thinking of my, in my situation, if I'm out there, I don't know if I would be able to get it done all the time either. So I kind of would still like to look at this a little more personally. Sorry for so much. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I just, there's so many things. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Chandler. Thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Pelagman. In reading this over, it brought back so many memories. Um, we, prior to 2017, the bylaw that we had, people, uh, merchants and property owners and that would be responsible for their own um, sidewalks in front of their places of town especially. Those are the ones that we were more concerned with. And um, we didn't have any problem with that. If um, I know we owned a building uptown and my husband was out there six o'clock in the morning to make sure it was all shoveled out. And he saw many other people doing the same thing. If they weren't able to do it, they had somebody there. And one would help the other. I think it's time now we need to, to help each other out. And as far as getting people to do shoveling, I was thinking of having people put their names in for the, um, for the downtown partnership. Have some names in there that we have that would be able to help some of the businesses or even some of the businesses now to begin to think of someone that might be able to help them if they're not able to do it. But stop and think it's only a very small amount of, of shoveling there and you're going to be coming by to do the, the plow as soon as your other priorities, one and two, um, are completed, then you'd be able to go through the main street. Is that correct? I think that's what you had said. Mr. Chair. So um, I think this bylaw is good. It's going back to what we had. And it's time people step up and they help out the town. I mean, they don't want to see taxes going up. They don't want to see um, different things happening with us getting new equipment and this and that just to take care of a particular thing. Let's work together, keep it down, and um, go back to it. And, and I'll bet you it's going to work just like it did before. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Plegri. Councillor Cormier Ledger. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I find myself a little bit torn between Councillor Pellegri's comments and Councillor Chandler's comments um, because I recognize that businesses downtown certainly have <clears throat> at least an appeared responsibility. Maybe you know, it can be argued if it's like legally their responsibility, but they want to make sure the sidewalks in front of their businesses are clear. Um, it's the residents that is I'm having a harder time with because it's basically penalizing homeowners depending on where they live in town. Because we don't have this bylaw in effect for our cul-de-sacs and our 
other neighborhoods around town, those, if they live near a school, the sidewalk gets cleared no problem because the kids gotta get to school. So where in essence, the way it's written, if I'm reading it right, if you happen to be near downtown or near a train station with a house, you might get slapped with a fine if you don't get out by a certain time. That's what I'm having a hard time with. Um, I think there are some efforts the town could make to assist. I think, you know, we, um, whether it's some barrels full of sand that, you know, people can come and do to sprinkle in front of their business that's, you know, I, I love Debbie's idea of the, the volunteer list through the downtown partnership where folks could, hey, you know, I'm having a little bit of a tough time. Um, I think, again, where, where I'm kind of getting stuck is the distinction that some residents are going to have to get fined, but other residents sort of get a pass. So, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Cormier Ledger. Councilor Frangelo. Thank you. I, uh, I want to echo uh, Councilor Gallegri's uh, comments. I, I think she touched upon something. We had a, a system uh, that invited people uh, that, that cleared the sidewalks in time and, and invited people uh, to walk downtown. Um, and and so the, to the point of, uh, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It is broke. That's why uh, we're here. That's why this was uh, brought forward, uh, because particularly our lowest income uh, residents, particularly uh, our residents who are unable uh, to drive cars, um, are struggling to uh, get to the transit and get to um, the basic uh, needs uh, that they have. And so we're seeing more and more people walk uh, on the street and we're hearing from more and more people who are struggling to get to uh, the groceries and, and, and to transit. So um, that's why this was brought forward. That's why uh, we think, you know, we tried it um, and, and it's time to, to go back to a time where we uh, prioritize um, all people moving around our town, not just uh, those who own cars. Thank you, Councilor Frangelo Brutus. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I kind hey, of uh, Tommy. Yeah, one second. Wow. I kind of anticipated the whole uh, the uh, commercial versus private property right. owners. So I kind of this is the same map, and if you look up here, all the yellow is the commercial, and all the green would be residential. But it's the same map, it's just kind of showing where the properties are, so it gives folks an idea at home. So almost 80% of it is commercial, or what that means, like 70 something percent. But, um, and yet the other thing, and I just say, I keep hearing this, and I get to tell you, my name is the one in on it that gives out fines, right? Up until, you know, 2017, I never gave a fine. Okay, and you know, I don't give fines for, well, I shouldn't say it because some people will take, but you know, I don't try to give water fines. I don't try to, we do have a bylaw actually in place that you cannot direct water if it freezes. We haven't forced that. I've never get a ticket for it. You know, they, when they drain onto a roadway, not so much a sidewalk and the roads freeze. Like Barron Road. Right. 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 So, um, but my whole point is this whole process, and I just tell you, practical application, Brian, it's, it's more about public education. You, you know, it's, it's like some folks are not gonna, you know, they're just not gonna know, they're not gonna do it. But if you go out there and talk to them, and usually they take care, I, you know, I, the last thing you do is want to get a ticket for anything. I really don't. And most people don't want a ticket. And then if it comes up, they, they figure out how to get it done. And then it's like, and that's why we suggested, you know, operationally wise, it's like, we send these sidewalk plows up everywhere. 
So if there's a house somewhere that's you know not getting picked up and maybe not a list, we're, we're going to be going from here up to Chestnut Street. We're going to be going that way anyways. They'll just drop the blade and go right through it and clear up that one thing. I mean, it's not a game changer, but we should have some criteria that you know if we and we end up doing that, that it happens. So all the folks at home that are doing it that are feeling burdened, you know, they're not you know taking advantage of the system. But I really don't want to give up tickets. That's and then the other one. This is the one that always makes. I think I've said that. I said to EDC. People talk about the downtown area. The one that frustrates me so much, you can ask these guys, is this section of going from downtown over the hill to um, King Street, where that hill is there. And I see people walking in that section because we haven't got there yet because that's not really on the school priority. We prioritize for schools. But when you see people walking at 140, that section, I always feel so bad. Don't I call you up when we get in one side done down there? Because that's right, see the real, that's like danger. That's not just like slip and fall. I mean, that's cars, you know, they're coming from a high speed area coming down. So that's, and, and you know, those businesses through there, you know, practicality is they're already hiring a landscape contractor. And if they get to tell the contractor to go, you know, I just did my whole parking lot, I did my 40 spaces, you know, go taking care of in front of the Rockland Bank. It's no big deal for them. It's just part of their process. So, but that's the operational part of it. Thank you, Brutus. Councilor DeLarco. Uh -huh. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. Um, yeah, I love snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love snow. I know. But um, yeah, I have to agree with Brian, uh, with Councilor Chandler and Councilor Jones and, and, and Teddy, actually. I said, I really don't want to put the burden on the, on the residents at, at all. Because you don't know if they can get out there and do it. You, we don't know that. And snow is so different, and Brutus will agree with me. It all depends. If you get a one to three inch storm, we can handle it all day long. We get a six to 12 inch storm in two hours, we're in trouble. We're in deep trouble. Everybody is. And you gotta get you gotta get the streets done first of all. You gotta get the streets done because you you can't get you can't you 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 have to keep up with them. Every two to three inches, you gotta get out there. You have to you have to get out there. You have to plow. I, I just, I, I don't like the way it is right now because, you know, I'm not, I, mean, I think downtown, the people downtown and the commercial, they're going to do it. I know Debbie said we should get volunteers. You're going to get 100 volunteers. You know how many are going to show up? 10. That's about it. Let's face it. That's what, it, that, nobody wants to volunteer no more. Life is too busy. That's what it is. So, I just, I, I with the residents, I just don't like it the way it is. Thank you, Councilor Dorco. <clears throat> Uh, I have just a couple of uh, issues, and I don't, I don't disagree. I see uh, putting a burden on a small percentage of residents. I like the commercial piece you just put up. Uh, that to me would make a lot, a lot more sense. Um, but the other piece, and 147.2. Uh, I know there are a couple of buildings downtown uh, that we talk about uh, them having to get up onto the roof. There isn't any way those people are getting up on three and a half stories uh, that snow comes back down onto the sidewalk. That's always that. Those buildings have always been a problem downtown. Icicles build up. I get that, but to put it into a, 
a, a resolution uh, that requires them to get up on to the roof and clear the snow off the roof of a three-story building. Uh, I, I have a little issue with that. So uh, that's one of the pieces in here, along with the resident piece that I'm having a little trouble with. I like the commercial piece. I think it makes all the sense in the world, but. Councilor Jones, you want to follow up? Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I appreciate the time. Uh, Brutus, this, this just kind of comes back to the last thing I said at the UTC meeting, that is, typically put, every single winter you drive by my house is the front of my house cleared up. We plow it. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to know that. It's on the priority. Yes, it is. And my children help, some of them, yeah. not all of them. Um, and it's all hand up because I don't have any room to put a, a, a snowblower in. So for the most part, even with the bad winter storms, I ended up one year, I ended up so much snow in front of my house, it, I could get to the roof of my porch and climb up on this. That's how bad it was. But the front of my house is only 35 feet long. And my sidewalk and my, my front walk and my driveway really isn't that big. It's two, two cars deep. Um, for me and my kids to handle, it's not too big of a deal. But specifically from my property around the corner to Marshall's property is my neighbor who owns the whole corner, which is approximately 75 feet long. And along with all of the snow, which typically when the, when the streets get done, big piles of snow get, get dumped in the corners. And that stretch of sidewalk, I certainly wouldn't expect my neighbor next door to go out there with her young daughter and clear out 75 feet of hard packed snow and take the risk of hurting herself or hurting her daughter or even at any kind of super expense simply because they just don't have the money to continuously clear out that, that kind of uh, stretch of sidewalk. Um, it's just not fair. It's not fair and it's not equitable. Um, I think to, to Council Kwame Ledger's point, is it's like we're penalizing some and we're not penalizing others. It's almost, like, it's almost an, un, an unequitable approach to doing things when we're talking about streets that are quite literally, I mean, you could go um, further down Main Street, you could go further down Union Street, you could go all the way down any one of these side streets just off of School Street and say, okay, you know, School Street's getting, getting um, hit by a fine but no one on Queen Street, no one on any of these side streets that are still relatively close to this proximity aren't going to get fined if they don't clear out their sidewalks. It's just a very inequitable thing. However, um, based on what you've shown earlier with the commercial property, um, in, in, in regards to my fellow chairman here, um, I, agree with that. I agree with the fact that if we were to look at this from a commercial perspective and less of a residential perspective, that might be a benefit. Also, would it be possible, and I know I'm probably asking too much of our neighbors at Dean, and maybe even some of our property owners, who are commercial property owners, to maybe ask, this is kind of following in line with Councilor Plugger's point, um, kind of ask some of our businesses who are kind enough to go up and clear sidewalks to extend that courtesy even a little further down the street to help the neighbors. It's just kind of something. Mr. Chairman. I will, I will say, like Dean, they do a good job with all their sidewalks. I mean, they're, they're on a party list, but they, they've always constantly, they, they're taking care of their own yeah. as it is, but they've, they've done a good job. Um, you know, initially it was, you know, if we go back to the old bylaw, which is commercial and retail, 
so even if you, and I'm just saying, if you just did the commercial, it would be a big help to us and it would make us more efficient. It would be, but this this map that was brought up it was, it wasn't just about the commercial. It was just try. It was more about the conductivity in, in, in the downtown area. I mean, I have another suggestion for you. We can make, and this way we take the burden off these specific residents, make every resident in town clear the sidewalk in front of their house. Everybody, do the whole town. That'd be great for me. <laughs> we can get rid of all the machines. <laughs> Everybody's on response, the whole town. Every cul-de-sac, make them do it. <laughs> it is election year. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> So, <laughs> the commercial would be a big help. I, I'm Any not kidding. Other questions or comments from the council? Is there any? Sure. I don't know how the rest of the council would feel, but um, 147 2, I don't think that that's necessary there. And maybe we could take that out, and that would be less of a problem for the rest of the councilors to, to vote on when we're ready to vote. But um, I think the rest of this is is fine, as far as I'm concerned. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Pellegrini. Is there anyone in council chambers? Please come forward, name and address. Steve, you're needed. <laughs> I'm using the last one. I'll, 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 I'll. I heard the word equity, so I had to come up. <laughs> My name is Maxwell Maranjo, the 127 Central Park Terrace. This is just kind of a long track question, but if we, by right, I guess you could pass a law by right through the legislature, had a tax credit, property tax credit, for people who shovel their snow, would it affect the tax levy? No. Can't do it? Just can't do it. It would be impossible to enforce. Or patrol or referee. Thought he was going to give a property tax credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that'll be popular. Is there anyone Mayor. else? In, uh, oh, is there anyone else? Please. Name and address. Yes, hi, Mark Minichelli. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Mark Minichelli, 31 Longfellow Drive. Um, I, I don't have um, I don't have a request or a suggestion regarding whether this should be a burden placed on, on private property owners or, or done by the town. But I do have a very strong opinion about the need to clear these sidewalks that many people rely on on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and I, I applaud all of you and, uh, and others in the town, um, in the town uh, councils that have approved the addition of new sidewalks all around town. We see people using those sidewalks every single day, uh, even those sidewalks that were relatively newly installed People make use of those sidewalks, and they start to become somewhat dependent upon the use of sidewalks for getting from point A to point B. I feel like we take those sidewalks away from them during the winter seasons. I, I live, um, Longfellow Drive is off of Chestnut Street. There are several occasions over the last few years where I'm driving at night in the winter seeing people step on and off the sidewalks of dancing around those parts of the sidewalks that have been cleared versus not cleared. Dangerous situation at night, in the dark. We all know what it's like to drive in the winter uh, with road salt on the windshield, road salt on the headlights, uh, people walking usually with dark clothing on at night. 
I feel like it's an accident just waiting to happen if we don't do a better job. Again, I'm not, I don't know whether it should be done publicly or privately. Uh, there's, a, there's, I think, strong arguments on, to do it both ways. I would like to see Chestnut Street and Pleasant Street added to, to your map because I just from my own personal experience of seeing what I would consider the potential for a very serious accident uh, to happen during those winter months. And then um, uh, Councilwoman Hamlin brought up, um, she didn't say accessibility per se, but we have a lot of people in town, I'm, I'm, I feel, consider myself fortunate, I have two good legs, two good feet, I can get around, probably not gonna be that way in 20 years, but there's a lot of people who need a nice, clean, clear sidewalk just to navigate in the winter time. And I feel like we owe it to them to do a better job, whether it's downtown or in some of the further out sidewalk areas. So, so I'm strongly supporting the idea, the concept of clearing sidewalks and encouraging or even enforcing that sidewalks, especially in the downtown area, be cleared. Um, I don't have a solution for whether it should be private or, or public, but I think it's important to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councilor Frangillo. Just quickly, because I, I think Mark uh, nailed it. Uh, you know, the, the big picture here is the, the equity issue at hand is are we ensuring the safe and accessible mobility of all road users? Um, and, and that includes uh, those who are looking to get to basic needs um, without a car, right? That's the key um, equity issue at hand. Um, you know, there are maybe different ways uh, of tackling that issue, uh, but we can't lose sight of, of that being a priority and that being the reason why we're having this conversation today. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So, just for everybody's quick, really quickly, this is a great map for us. Did I want everybody to know we, we didn't like we didn't just like randomly pick these out of a fishbowl or something like that. Um, we started with the commercial districts a few years ago at the EDC, and then we said, well, look at this stretch on 140. It's like commercial, residential, commercial, residential, commercial, commercial, residential, commercial, residential, commercial. So like if you only say commercial businesses, then 140 will have these huge gaps of residential properties that don't tap in. And then we started looking at the map and saying, well, the big area, and I think Councillor Frangillo and others have, have mentioned this, is really the triangle, right? Like the, the basic, as Councillor Pelegri said, uptown. Um, the train station, Councillor Chandler is correct. There are fewer commuters than there was before. Um, but we did hear testimony at meetings from people saying what Mark was just alluding to. We also heard testimony against that. And we got caught in this odd pickle of saying, well, we don't want to put a requirement on somebody who's elderly or disabled or, um, or lacks the resources. So we're afraid of putting a requirement on them to do this. Yet at the same point, we're also trying to help people navigate those streets as well. So we're, it, it, it's not easy. This is, you know, this is commonplace inside 95, right? Um, I just want people in the public to know we didn't just cherry pluck these and we struggled with like, well, why not all the way to the town common, right? I mean, there is no easy rhyme or reason to this. And I think 
the more input we get about what people want, I think the map can be done better. We also, as a community, can start with commercial and or 140, see how it goes, come back in future years, look at other theater streets like Emmons and Dean Ave. I mean, there's, the council has a lot of ability here to navigate the map that they think are where the most need is and what might be most equitable and fair. And Brutus made a joke out of it, and I'll just close by saying this. But Brutus made a joke, you could do the whole town, and, and you know, it's easier for him. And it, it is funny, but I mean, some people have content, I know you, Mr. Chairman, and others, like some people are like, either do it for everybody or not. And most streets in town, residents are going to take care of that road themselves, if there, is a, if there even is a site, right? A cul-de-sac, most of the people in that cul-de-sac, like, your area, Steve, people may, they just do what they need to do for that neighborhood. I think the reason why we focused as a staff in the DDC in this area is because of that map Brutus did over there, the heat map. These are represent the most walkable streets, the most pedestrians in town. I don't think it's cutting edge stuff to ask Union Street, again, commercial, and then it becomes residential, and then it's commercial. I mean, Union Street, I think, is a pretty widely used street, and in the middle of a big <coughs> snowstorm, many people would want to get up and down Union Street. Um, and then I'll just close by saying, whether, whatever, regardless of the decision is, one way or the other, uh, you know, to Mary O'Neill's messaging of kindness matters, uh, and Councilor Frangillo did say something that stuck with me at the ABC meeting, which is we really need a change in culture, and I think Councilor Pellegrini brought that up tonight, many of you did. I'm just saying, like, how come we're not helping each other out a little bit more? And I, I will say this is one of those issues I kind of do yearn for the old days, <laughs> where it's like, it's just growing up as a kid, you just went out and helped all your neighbors out, and it was just like commonplace. It wasn't even something you, you doubted. You just did. Uh, you dug out the mailboxes for people, right? The hydrants for people. And I think part of the complaints that citizens have had is not just on Brutus and the staff and the DPF, whatever. But I think there is a little bit of that loss of, am I looking out after the people down the street from me? Do I know that my neighbor is elderly? Do I know someone's disabled around the block? We get questions, you get questions from people all the time about parking spaces. How can we paint things to help people? How can we do this? How can we do that? Um, you know, I think that, I just want people to know we didn't just randomly pluck these. There was, there was a logic, because we went through the connectivity of it and said these are the most areas that most people walk and need to get around, like King Street, this corner here, on the summer. I mean, that's a pretty widely used sidewalk from people down to the pharmacies and the stores. So um, I'll just end there, Mr. Chairman. I just wanted to kind of close out with a few thoughts that this was something that was uh, well thought out. Thank you. Okay. And again, to, to Jamie's point, as much as we could make the commercial and then build on that, future years, we can also take the existing and take away in future years if we find that it's not done. It could go either way. Um, Mr. Chairman, can I ask a question? Certainly. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, this is a question to the DPW team. I know that you guys put calls out for independent contractors to help with plowing, I see the signs all over the place. I know there's a shortage of those guys, but I believe it's in your budget to outsource that to not just your own team, but to private people, right? 
would it be possible as we're thinking about creative solutions to take a section of that money and see if there might be some private companies, landscape companies like you mentioned that would take on some of these downtown area sidewalks as they're, you know, maybe they're gonna have a crew doing the road anyway, but they might have the ability to do some sidewalks and it's just kind of built into the fee. Just trying to think of like some, it wouldn't cost us any more money because it's already budgeted, but it would certainly help when we're talking about some of that, the residential concerns in these areas. And I know we're not voting, but just throwing out an idea. The only thing I would say is it takes this special type of equipment to do the sidewalks. Yes. Uh, and most of these contractors, uh, their blades are much too wide to be doing our sidewalks, I would think. You know, I mean, even if they did it with, you know, can't no shovels, if they kept up with it like they do with the shopping plazas and stuff, it's a possibility. We, um, Mr. Chair, do you? Sure. Um, yeah, we, we have. We tried that many years ago, hiring contractors, and the first thing we come up with is they don't have the specialized $108,000 piece of equipment, because if you're a landscaper or a contractor, you're not gonna buy one that winter like last year. They can buy pickup trucks, and they can make just as much, besides trying to, so we have tried to do that. We hire a lot of shovelers, is because we, we we have to shovel all the intersections downtown. You know, They might be doing sidewalks, but we're the ones doing all the islands, so we, we drive around and do stuff like that. It's um. It's, it's very hard to get people. We, even the snow, you've seen, if you remember some of my presentations, the big machines that we have, um, we also bought smaller ones, and they, but they're, it doesn't get too complicated, they're, they're, they're only single stage, so they can't really go through the big stuff, it just takes them so long, you know, efficiency-wise. But we have really tried to look out for that. Okay, 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 thank you. Councilor Jones. Just one last question. Mr. Chairman, Brutus, would it be feasible to place at least specific to the downtown area of, say, sand barrels? Residents and property owners? I think we do. To purpose? Yeah. We uh, used to put one on the bridge. Downtown. 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 Okay. But would it be logical to maybe place further? So, sure, we're open to do that. Um, I mean, I, I just like the practical, we, we probably use like salt because what happens is you put all the sand out, it was like, they're tracking into my business, all this goddamn sand going everywhere. So that's why we kind of get away from that. But yeah, we're, I mean, we could do some stuff. The, the unique thing about we talk about our downtown, and one of the things I think Jamie, just to add to, the downtown's a lot more dense, the houses are a lot closer together than you know, so that's why you, you tend to have more walking. And of all the people that are, required to do shoveling, they're gonna use it more than anybody else because it's just a tight area, that's where they're gonna go down. Um, we can look at that, it's just it's just the downtown can be tough just because it's, you know, definitely the remodel down there is so narrow through there, the sidewalks, I mean, we could put some at the corners and stuff like that, and I don't think that's a problem. Okay, any further questions? Anybody in council chambers? Anyone on Zoom? Looks like uh, the discussion part of this is over. So we will move on to legislation for action. And we have bylaw amendment 23-902, a bylaw to amend the code of the town of Franklin by inserting chapter 147, snow and ice removal of. First reading. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Bylaw Amendment 23-902, Chapter 147, Snow and Ice Removal of a Bylaw to amend the Code of Town of Franklin by inserting Chapter 147, Snow and Ice Removal of. Be enacted by the Franklin Town Council that the Code of Town of Franklin is amended by insertion of a new Chapter 147, Snow and Ice Removal of as follows. Chapter 147, Snow and Ice Removal of 147-1, time limit for removal from sidewalks and footways. The owner, agent, or occupant of private property bordering a street in a town where there is a sidewalk or footway uh, duly established and defined and delineated on attached map sidewalk snow removal required by property owner shall cause all snow and ice to be removed within 12 hours after snow ceases to fall and shall maintain said sidewalk in a non-slippery condition suitable for pedestrian travel at least 36 inches in width along the length of said sidewalk uh, whenever any sidewalk or footway be encumbered with ice, the owner be uh, occupant of such private property shall remove the ice therefrom, or so treated with that it shall be safe and convenient for travel in a non-slippery condition. In the event of an unusual heavy snowfall, the time limit shall be extended at the discretion of the town administrator, and the provisions of the section shall apply to snow which falls from buildings as well as that of which falls from the clouds. Uh, 147-2, roofs, Awnings and signs, the owner and agent or occupant of private private property boarding uh, street in the town with a said where a sidewalk and footway duly established and defined with delineated map sidewalks or removal of private property owner, with roof, awning, or signage or such building slopes towards such street, so as to form snow and or ice on the sidewalk and footway, shall cause all snow and ice to be removed from such roof, awning, and sign within 12 hours after the same following performance. 147-3 placement or prohibited contained in chapter 155 section 21 that no person shall place or cause to be placed ice or snow upon the public street of the town applies to this chapter unless it be exempted by the director of public works and 147-4 penalties if any person subject to these provisions of this ordinance neglects or fails to comply with the provisions of the sections 147.1 147.2 147.3, then the Franklin Police, DPW Director, or their designee, and or the Building Commissioner and their designee shall make reasonable attempts to notify such person and their in their neglect or failure. And if the person does or does not comply with forwith, the person shall be fined $50 for each offense by any of the town officials designated herein to enforce this bylaw. The bylaw amendment shall become effective according to the provisions of the Franklin Home Rule Charter. Move bylaw. By law amendment 23-902 to a second reading. Is there a second? Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Jamie, anything to add? I mean, happy to. Yeah. <coughs> From the council. Councilor Cormier. Mr. Chairman, I just want to reiterate that I, I feel like as written, I can't support this amendment, but that doesn't mean that I'm not in favor of further looking at this problem and coming back with some different language addressing the concerns that have been mentioned tonight. Thank you, Councilor Cornell Ledger. Any further discussion? Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I agree with my fellow councilor. I, um, if, if the sitting motion were to be to rescind it, I would put a motion to continue. Is there any other discussion from any other councilor? Councilor Plagrin. If we wanted to just um, 
take it off the floor. Yep. We could just all vote no on it, and then a new one would come forward. We don't have to listen to anything. I guess, is there any other comments from counselors? I guess we're just asking, just looking for like, we can do it offline right here, but is, is 147.2 the one section, or is it the whole? That's, I think that's a part of it. It's certainly a part of it for me. I, I don't like 147.2, and I wish there was a way that we could uh, use the word encourage rather for residents, but we all know what would happen if we use that word. Uh, but I think that's certainly <coughs> part of it for me, and I think for a few counselors that's a part of it. Uh, Councilor Frangillo. Yeah, we talked in the EDC meeting, um, uh, we, we talked through some, some different ideas, and, and what we, one of the things that we talked about is the difference between policy and implementation and how key that's going to be, particularly in, in navigating uh, the transition about how uh, we're actually enforcing that. And, and we've already heard um, from, from Brutus about his, his awareness about how we're going to be enforcing that. But what we have here in front of us is an opportunity to do exactly uh, what Jamie said, change the culture toward one where we look out uh, for our neighbors and we welcome people to walk uh, to their uh, basic needs and walk uh, to transit downtown and not further add to our traffic. That's what we have an opportunity uh, to vote on. We, we put it to the Economic Development Council. They thought about it for multiple um, sessions and came back uh, with this. So I, I look forward uh, to the vote and I, and I hope that we you know, um, consider where, where we're gonna be in, in the larger vision about where uh, Franklin's downtown is heading. Thank you, Councilor Frangillo. And again, I think, uh, you know, and I'll just speak for myself, uh, you know, I, I don't want to throw all this work away. I think we're very close to having something that, uh, you know, I feel I can support. Um, what, the way it's written tonight, uh, I have a problem with 147.2. Uh, and I'd like to see if there was a way we could work a little bit with, with that because I think it's a, an issue uh, for many of the uh, downtown commercial uh, owners. So is there any further discussion? Council of Plenary. Perfect, Chair. Perhaps what we need to do is make an amendment then to um,
So the vote will come on the motion. I see no further discussion. So the vote will come on the motion to move bylaw amendment 23-902 to a second reading. A majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Charity. Yes. Romeo Ledger. No. Angelo. Yes. Chandler. No. Blagri. Yes. Hamlet. Yes. Jones, no. Vice Chair. No. Chair. No. That's five, uh, four, yes, and five, no, sir. Okay. Motion fails, but I do think we want to come back with something on uh, and soon. Uh, and I know that uh, mm -hmm. winter is approaching. Oh, <laughs> quick. <laughs> Tell the truck. Mr. Chairman, I think what I'll do is Amy and I will work with each person to just try to decide what tweaks are necessary. What works? I actually like the word encourage. Um, yeah. on, on some of this, I think it actually works. Um, it may not be enforceable, but I'd love but, to see it if it could. Uh, I think it sets you know, a different tone to people. It sends saying, a different message. It sends a different message. Like, yeah. I think it's a good word. So we'll I don't know if that. it'll work, but it does send a different message, and that's why I brought it up. So. Okay, moving on. Town Administrator's Report. I think, Mr. Chairman, uh, I, I omitted it to put it on here specifically because um, I feel like it's um, just a part of the TA report now, but the migrant housing update, just so folks are aware, um, about 80% of the rooms are now full. Um, there's about 250 individuals that are there. We would expect by probably the end of the month um, it would be a full hotel. Um, there really is not much more to update. I know I was away at a conference and on vacation for a short time, but um, he was doing all the work while I was gone. There really was not any big announcements from the state. Um, I will just uh, read to you one thing that did come out, which um, I just thought was uh, pretty entertaining uh, relative to um, the actual definition of the hotel issue. So the state is revised their guidance a little bit on um, the hotel. And if you can understand this, please let me know. The state is paying all local occupancy taxes for room rentals less than 90 days. The room tax is either paid directly by the state or it is factored into the contract the state has with the service providers who then pay the hotels. That doesn't help us out at all. It doesn't tell us anything about what, who, where the money is being flowed. Normally, just so everybody knows, the state collects the revenue and then gives it back to us on a quarterly basis. They literally make deposits um, uh, to us. Uh, it does say here um, that they're actively exploring options to reimburse communities who have experienced a loss in hotel excise tax revenues uh, as the result of the uh, long-term shelter contract. So um, that's about all the new news. Um, things have been relatively uh, stable up there. We do have a new website uh, with some dashboards on the Board of Health page um, in terms of updates. As everybody knows, Kathy Liberty has been doing a phenomenal job coordinating all this. Um, she's put up a nice website from her staff um, and, um, and we're just hoping to get some more state assistance as soon as possible. But um, by and large, everything has been going fairly smoothly. We do have a few issues down there we're working with the state on, but you know, so far, it's been pretty, uh, relatively speaking, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty good. So um, we expect by the end of the month that there'd be a full house. 
Um, and we do not have a count. Um, Lucas gave us the update before I left of about 40 children, uh, school-age children, but we, we don't know if that's still the same number. Any new families that arrive are gonna have to get processed and enrolled in school separately. So that's gonna take well, some that more takes months. a week or two, right? It does, but you know, then there's the vaccine checks, there's all these other things that have to go on too, so. Um, not sure exactly how many school-age children technically, but I'm sure I'll have that in the next few weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. They're not able to get working permits. I know of a few, uh, a restaurant, namely, you know, yeah. uptown, that two people had come in and they wanted to work, yeah. and they weren't able to because they didn't have working papers. So I, um, I literally was just down at the border in El Paso two and a half weeks ago, and um, you know, because apparently that's what I do for vacations. <laughs> but um, uh, they cannot work. Um, I think, unfortunately, due to and it just it is what it is. I'm not. The reality is, is the federal government has completely failed the country on this entire issue for 35 years, and it's just pure and simple as that. And they all should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, Congressman Auchincloss has said this himself. Um, this is not on any one congressperson or any president or anyone. It's the federal government's failure for 35 years to do absolutely nothing. All 50 states are dealing with this. And I just talked to a lot of people in Texas who deal with this 24-7, 365 for the last 150 years. Um, this is not new to people out there. It's newer to other states. But the work visa program is so backed up. The bottleneck is so significant and the system is so deeply overwhelmed um, with hundreds, you know, thousands of people um, coming through Mexico through various channels that at some point there's only enough people to process the papers. Um, they do do full background checks on individuals coming into the country. I saw the detention center for myself in El Paso and they, they do go through full background checks with those countries. So these processes take months and years per person, per family. Um, I, I don't, unless there's federal action on this soon, this is going to be the same situation we're going to be in for a long time, unfortunately, Councilor Pellegrini. And, you know, again, going back to the old days, you know, without less oversight after 9-11, people just hired people and paid them until their papers got caught up, right? And, and people could feel a part of a community, they could feel integrated, they could feel like they're paying into the system. <coughs> have a purpose in life, I mean, Congress can say what it wants, but at the end of the day, they're choosing proactively to do nothing as opposed to something. They could fix this. Thank you. Thank you. Could it be something that the state could put forward? The governor has made it very clear that she's waiting for the federal government to fix this. So she couldn't do anything about giving some working permits to people? I don't believe so, but I just, I, would, I wouldn't comment on that just because the governor's gonna have their own general counsel dealing with these things under what's a state of emergency. I'm not exactly sure what's within her, within her. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Council Corby and Ledger, please. Can I ask a question of Jamie sure. as well? Um, through you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Jamie, the superintendent alluded to the fact that it's not, and the entire group at the hotel uh, shouldn't be called immigrants, they really should be called migrants because we have people coming from not just traveling to the U.S. through the southern border, but from other various walks of life, whether they be homeless or veterans mm -hmm. or various groups. Do we know any 
break down on those numbers so that the public can understand that this isn't just an immigrant issue, that this is actually a very complicated, multifaceted, like many of these people are in fact English-speaking Americans that are sitting in that hotel. Do we have any of those numbers to share? Uh, I don't have the exact like pie chart breakdown. Just for illustrative purposes, you're looking at about a 50-50. 50% roughly are, are of Haitian descent. Obviously, if anybody has read anything that is going on in Haiti, I mean, it is a horrific example. Police have resigned, there's no legislature, there's no parliament, there's no governor. They, everybody has, like, you know, rebels have literally taken over the country. Um, and there are no police anymore. So the country is completely ravaged. Um, and so half of those individuals roughly up at the hotel are patient descent. And then the other half are a mix, to your point, um, Councilor Cormier Ledger, of individuals from different walks of life from around the country, maybe from other countries, maybe have been homeless in the country. And to the point that you just made, that's why the word migrant is used, is because that's a more transient term um, to depict the fact that most of the folks up there have been homeless in America. Most of the other hotels, too, have been homeless in America um, for years. Um, they may have come through a working permit that was overextended, or a green card, or some other mechanism. Um, but um, migrant is more omnibus comprehensive term, not just somebody that, that crossed the border. Thank you. Thank you, Council Uh Anything else? That's it. Thank you, Mr. You're all set. Yep. Okay. Subcommittee uh, reports. Uh, Capital has not met. Has not met. BBC? Uh, no, I think we will meet next next week for the next. Okay. Applied for an EDC meeting next week, correct? Uh, budget subcommittee, uh, we had a joint budget subcommittee meeting prior to tonight's council meeting uh, where uh, Jamie gave us a quick update, uh, some revenue numbers as well. Uh, Superintendent Jaguar uh, was able to give us an update as to where they were standing looking forward, looking out a five-year plan, they're working on that. Uh, and this was an update session. Uh, we had quite a few people in council chambers, quite a few on Zoom that were um, listening in, uh, tuning in. A lot of one Franklin was there, and I applauded their efforts then, and I will again, uh, to uh, trying to get the correct information to the public, and that's what it's all about, is getting facts to the public. Uh, and that was pretty much it. We're planning to get together again in January as we have an election coming up. They have some new people that will be coming on to the school committee, so they want a little bit of time before we get together again. So we're looking at January. They did talk about meeting probably the end of the winter, beginning of spring, for them to have their complete five-year plan put together because they'll be able to use a lot of the information that they developed in their budget process for FY25, uh, they'll be able to use in the five-year plan. So that's that. Master Plan Committee, Councilor Jones. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yes, the Master Plan Committee has booth the Harvest Festival on October 1st. It was an excellent, excellent event. It's unfortunate that they had to move the Harvest Festival from the Saturday to the Sunday, but nonetheless, it was a beautiful day, so it was a good choice. 
to do so. Um, the event was well, uh, well attended. I think everyone had a good time. We had quite a reception at our booth. Um, quite a few names. We had a raffle for a Starbucks card that on our next meeting, October 25th, uh, we will be raff raffling that off to the individuals that are going down on the list uh, to be receiving emails in regards to updates on the master plan. Um, we're looking forward to, um, to the next meeting. It's about Thank you. Uh, Davis, their reuse. We didn't have a meeting, but I would like to mention, Mr. Chairman, about our open house that we're going to be having for the Davis Fair. Uh, it is set for October 20th, that's next week, um, from on Friday from 2 to 5, and then on Saturday, October 21st, from 10 to 2. And uh, we invite anyone, not only people that went to Davis Fair School, but anyone in town that would like to see the school in that. And I would like to apologize to the people that I told who would have guests and different equipment there that would be out that people could just pick up because evidently it's all taken care of now and we had it all picked up by um, a company that, you know, cleaned it out. And uh, so to them again, I'm sorry that I told you that we were going to have some things available because we're not, okay? Um, and I hope we see you there. And if you have any ideas in that about the reuse of the building, I will be there both days, so you can certainly come up to me as chair, and um, maybe we'll have a little sticker or something on everyone else that's on the committee so that you can ask them or make suggestions to them too. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Delivery. Uh, Police Station Building Committee, we have not met. Uh, Gatra, Kobe? We did not meet in October, um, but they will be sending us uh, updates, and I'll update the uh, full council when I get them. All right, great. Thank you, Cody. Uh, future agenda items. Councilor Cormier Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. At a previous meeting, I had asked about the uh, safety lights behind the high school at the field. Do we have an update on that? They're there. I, I don't even know what we're referencing. The safety lights behind the high the, school? The lights to light the side field. The yeah. portable lights. Yes. Oh, yeah, we still. They were there the next day. Okay. Well, we, we still, then I'll, I'll save my remarks. We still have some, some issues. But okay. 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 Thank you. Hmm. Councilor Chandler. Sorry, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Administrator. Um, a lot of handshaking tonight. Could we just get some more of that yeah, hand sanitizer? We we will load this place up with hand sanitizer. That, we just, still have leftover from you know the virus which shall not be named. <laughs> I'll walk upstairs and grab the box. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Appreciate that too. Thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Plagrid. Nothing at this time. Councilor Sheridan. Uh, the uh, flag. That's on a future agenda. <laughs> Councilor Hamblin. Uh, nothing at this time. Thank you. Councilor Jones. No, sir. Councilor Frangillo. Nothing at this time. Councilor DeLorco. Nothing at this time. Okay. Uh, Councilor Comments. Councilor Sheridan. I just want to thank the organizers of the Harvest Festival. And I want to encourage people to go to the open house at DBW and 
who does it. Thank you. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I feel like no one's mentioned the red brick schoolhouse ribbon cutting yet. Did I get that? I did. Um, so that this Friday, 10 to 12, come down. Be really excited about the fact that we actually used our, we got um, a renovation done with our CPA money. Yay, team. Um, last three farmers markets are coming up, so don't forget, you go to the ribbon cutting, then go to the farmers market. Right um, is it already and the touch of truth, I was going to mention that as well. Um, other than that, I think that's enough. Thank you. Thank you. That's enough. Councilman Frangillo. Thank you, Ms. Time. Councilman Cormier Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I have a few comments um, <laughs> to share with everybody tonight. Um, First, along the lines of the, the safety concerns at the high school, thank you for the lights. I've gone to a few varsity games. Unfortunately, and I guess this is more of a call to our parents, we need to do a better job of monitoring the kids because there's still an awful lot of inappropriate activity going on under the bleachers and in that backfield area during games. And we've had three that I'm aware of police incidents at the varsity games in just the last two, two that were fist fights that broke out amongst the kids. So I think those safety concerns behind there are just sort of like on my mind because I'm at the games with my own children and there's so many kids and so little adults and I'm sure the police get overwhelmed. So I would, and the school administration gets overwhelmed. So I hope that parents will think through before you drop off little Timmy that's nine years old and 10 years old, that maybe you should be with him at the game uh, and make sure that he, he sits in the stands. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say my thoughts are with uh, everybody going through the crisis in Israel right now. If you have family members um, abroad uh, that is impacting American citizens, it is an atrocity. I, I just, my, seeing the images online um, are just heart. And I, my thoughts and prayers certainly with everybody affected. Um, and I wanted to share, uh, I certainly don't want to share, but I feel it necessary to share. Um, the Franklin Police Department did put out a missing person alert um, that I'll read uh, for Jaslyn Rodriguez, age 15. Uh, the Franklin Police Department is looking for the public's help in locating Jaslyn Rodriguez, 15, of Franklin. Jaslyn is a Hispanic female with dark curly hair, blonde highlights, last seen wearing a gray sweatshirt, black pants, and black sneakers. She was last seen last night around 7 p.m. after leaving her home at 200 Woodview Way in Franklin. Um, she is now entered as a missing person in the NCIC. Anyone with information on her whereabouts or anything that may have happened, please either dial 911 or call the Franklin Police Department. Um, this is her photo. I think anybody that is a parent can certainly share in my concern that we want to see this young lady return home safely to her family and loved ones. Um, my son happens to be a classmate of this young lady, has three classes with her at the high school. Um, so please, if you know anything about where she might be, um, say something and let's get her home. So um, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for that, Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Councilor Chandler. Through you, Mr. Chin. A couple of things. Um, first, I um, 
thankful uh, to Lillian Franklin because I saw Kate Mass cut out their citizens' comments. They stopped it. I can't imagine us ever doing that to the citizens of Franklin, not letting them speak. Obviously, the ACLU is involved, who some of us don't always love, but I'm really glad that they uh, are involved. So, just wanted to say, I don't think that would ever happen again. Um, just to piggyback on what Council Columbia-Ledger said. I do, I just feel so angry and sad about the Israelis that were, that were slaughtered by terrorists, let's call them terrorists. Um, I'm not afraid to do that. I sat and watched um, rockets being fired in from Gaza to Israel and that they have a thing called the Iron Dome that intercepts rockets. And the United States has been wonderful enough to help fund that. So I want to give a big shout out to all the members of Congress for that. And unfortunately, there was only four members of the whole Congress that voted against that Iron Dome. And unfortunately, one of them is from the Massachusetts delegation, but we won't go into that. So, but I just hope that things work out over there, because there are no, sorry, no thoughts and prayers. There's only one way to solve it, and they do it. So thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Pellegrini. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, ditto to both things, both the councilors here of what you said, uh, rather than just repeating it all. Uh, I would like to just mention uh, the police will be having their Halloween, um, I guess the party, mm -hmm. on September 28th, and that would be from 2 to 6. And then the DPW, I think that's what Councilor Pamela. You can say Mel. It's okay. Absolutely. You mentioned DPW, and DPW is on ten. Well, when it's going to be from ten to two. Let me see the date. That's the police. Does anyone know offhand? Saturday. Saturday, the what, 20? 14th. 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 Oh, this coming. I see it yeah. right here. Okay. So, again, Franklin is very fortunate. We have all these things going on. Okay. And um, I think that's, that's kind of great for the town to do. And I hope that keeps kids from going door to door. You know, being able to go to all of these places, I know it's a fun thing. But you know, it, it's dark and it's difficult. Okay. And I think he wants to go trick or treating. That's what he's telling us. <laughs> 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 but I mean, we have to be careful with the cars on the road and all with the kids. So let's be extra careful. Um, Thank you, Councilor Pledman. Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Councilor Chandler, I thank the Franklin Town Council if they had their choice to do away with Glenn Jones' comments. <laughs> Never. That's the response I get. This what happens. We'll let you have ten seconds. All joking aside, um, I did want to actually. This is an interesting point uh, that came up, and this is actually to Councilor Blaybrook's. Davis there. Did you know it was this thing on the radio today that they're going to take, I believe it's Neiman Marcus at the Native Mall and turn it into a pickleball <laughs> facility? 
with bars oh and God. everything else. It it more that, money I, I have never played pickleball, but that is an extraordinary economic development thought to take a very large facility like that and transform it into a pickleball place. I just like the day to stay. I'm like, maybe I'm going to do something. I don't know. I haven't been saying something in a year. A year ago. You did. A year ago. You did. That's right. Inside, cash cows. People pay a lot of money to do that. We've already talked about it. You know, I think everything's been said about Israel. It's just an atrocity. It's a terrorist attack. It's just, it's unprecedented. It's scary. I feel for everyone. And sad particularly for this missing young lady, uh, Jasmine Rodriguez. Thank you guys for bringing that up tonight. And this did come across the table early this afternoon. As a, as a parent myself, there was nothing more scary, scarier than the, the, the potential missing child. God bless, and hopefully uh, she she shows up safe and sound, um, safely. So. Um, other than that, Mr. Chairman, I look forward to the Halloween event at the police department, and I do look forward to taking my kids around the neighborhood. Um, if everyone would like to, downtown Franklin, around the School Street, uh, Marvin Ave, Farrington neighborhoods, uh, we usually get quite a bit of uh, neighborhood kids who come from around the town to participate in Halloween trick-or-treating. Uh, it's a great time. Um, I'm sure me and my family will be dressed up in costume again for, for this time because it's one of our favorite events of the year and uh, looking forward to it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Jones. And does everybody know your address? So and your address on School Street? Uh, 172 School Street. It's 172 fact, School Street, fact, welcome in fact, all Franklin not, not children. Just, not just 172 <laughs> School Street, but School Street in general, because it's too hard to walk around the Mercer Lane here. There's no sidewalks in that neighborhood. They don't typically follow the neighborhoods. So, you know, we try to keep our neighborhood clear so the kids can walk the sidewalks, the sidewalks, visit the neighborhoods and get the teachers. Thank you, Councilor Jones. <laughs> Councilor Delarco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, just about everybody said everything that needs to be said. If you'll bring this to the Rodriguez family, please get her home safe. And, and uh, maybe she just stayed over a friend's house too late. That's all we can hope for. Um, is Brutus still there? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Brutus, just yep. want to let you know I went I went to get an inspection sticker for one of the vehicles over here, and it was a sight to be seen. All the tractor trailers taking out the salt on East Tinton Avenue, so you know it's coming. That's the first sign. <laughs> it is, Bobby. Don't say it so. Our sheds are full though. So, yeah, your mine is too. So we're good to go. <laughs> but, just so you know, we got good salt prices. That's about this year. it. Okay. We did. Thank you, Councilor DeLarco. Uh, just a few, obviously, I echo. Uh, oh, I, oh, yeah. Okay, okay, sorry. Excuse me. Well, you forget me when I Obviously, I echo my fellow councilors' uh, comments on the travesty going on in uh, Israel. Uh, I'd like to thank the Downtown Partnership for doing a great job on Harvest Fest and uh, thank the townspeople for uh, 
having to come out a day after they thought they would, but I thought we had a great turnout downtown and uh, look forward to the uh, next downtown partnership, downtown blast. Uh, the snow and ice thing, uh, I think I, I really want to see that come back like very soon. Sure. Uh, to, uh, so I think it would be important to, for the administration to converse with each counselor and let's see if we can get something that we can uh, all stand behind and move forward. Sure. Okay. Uh, and obviously uh, hoping uh, the missing young lady gets, comes home uh, fine and unharmed. And lastly, again, I'd just like to thank the entire community uh, for their continued efforts with helping with uh, the migrant uh, issue up at uh, uh, the Best Western. Uh, coming, stepping forward, um, we are, we have a great town, we have a great community, and uh, so many organizations have put their best foot forward and uh, helped in uh, doing different things and offering different things for these migrants. And our administrative team, and excuse me, especially Borel, uh, Kathy Liberty, and uh, all the work that they continue to do to help us welcome these families into our great community. So with that, uh, oh, Rod Gun Club. Mm -hmm. Council of Plagary reminded me they have a breakfast on Sunday morning. So, seven to, 11. seven to 11. So with that, I'd entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Non-debatable, roll call vote. Clerk will call the roll. Sheridan, yes. Corby Electric, yes. Rangelo, yes. Chandler, yes. Hamlet, yes. Plagary, yes. Jones, yes. Vice Chair. Bobby. He left. He's gone. Yes. Chair. Yes. Nine zero. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.